Okay. Hello, friends, and welcome. First off, um, to all of our national officer candidates joining us, congratulations on being selected as the candidate to represent your state this year. You've definitely made it here and made it very far already, and we're so excited for this journey that you are on. But on this journey, you may be wondering, where do I even go from here? And where do I even start? This process can be extremely daunting, um, but you all are fully capable. And that's what we're here to do today is to hopefully help you all with this process and help you along this journey. So welcome to the National FFA Officer Candidate Growth Podcast. We're excited that you're here and that you're listening or viewing in. And we will be recording a few different of these episodes um, in the next month on a range of topics to help you on this journey. And so first off, I'm Gracie Furnish from Kentucky. I'm a past national officer who served in 2017 and 2018. And on this episode, we have three guests. And so I will let them introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Cheryl Zimmerman. I'm the National FFA Executive Secretary, and I also serve as the Executive Director of the Wisconsin FFA. Hi everyone, I am Tess Seibel. I'm from the state of Virginia, and I'm serving this year as the National FFA Eastern Region Vice President. Saludo familia, I'm Yomar Roman Negron, serving this year as the Southern Region National Vice President, and I'm from Puerto Rico. Thanks, y'all. I'm so excited um, to do this with you all. And so, Ms. Zimmerman, I'll kick it off with you. Um, I just know that you serve as a great mentor to so many people. And a lot of times, candidates um, are wondering, how do I even seek mentors or what's the importance of that? So if you could share first off um, on that topic. Okay, thanks, Gracie. Well, you know, as part of this, uh, this is a, more of a journey. It's not just getting ready for an election. Uh, this is really a journey in your growth and development. And along that way, you have a lot of people that are there to want to support you and help you in that journey. And so as you begin or continue your process here, we want you to make sure to think about who are those individuals that can be your support team along the way. Um, those individuals that are either mentors uh, or resources that can, uh, can help you, give you some good advice. Uh, they can critique. Uh, they can help to, uh, you know, help you to grow. And it's important that you create that network. Um, and hopefully today, as, as we talk through a variety of these things, this will help you feel more comfortable uh, being able to ask some people to serve in those roles. And also for you, again, to realize that, that this is something we want you to create a team of people that's there to, to support you along the way. That's awesome. Thank you, Ms. Zimmerman. So into that next question, so knowing that you need a team to help you throughout this process, how do you even find the right people to help you on this journey? Um, I can kick this one off. I think that, like Mrs. Zimmerman said, mentors are, I feel like, you know, such an over or underappreciated um, component of a successful national officer candidate experience. And even if we don't get elected, that relationship is something that should continue on um, regardless of that result in October. And so I'm a big um, advocate for beginning with the end in mind. And so for me as a candidate, I thought through um, what are my goals with this mentorship relationship? And um, thinking about that as an individual, I knew that I wanted someone that I could be completely open and honest with um, and have some hard conversations that was going to challenge me to grow. And so by thinking through that end goal, that helped me go ahead and identify some individuals that fit those qualifications um, for me personally about what I needed as a supporter. And then um, it helped me begin that process of saying, um, 
what unique experiences do they bring to the table that I could utilize? Are they a past national officer, but even not, are they a state staff member? Are they someone that I already are in, in a relationship with or not? Um, whatever that may be. And so one thing that helped me was just beginning with that end goal in mind, knowing what I'm looking for before I go start looking for it. Um, and that helped a lot of, of picking, being very intentional about picking the right kind of people. Yomar, was the process for picking different people to help you, was it similar um, to Tess or did you have a different process? Um, it's, it was similar for Tess. I didn't have a lot of people around me at that moment, but um, I feel like the same, yeah, same as Tess. I feel I want someone that I can really be Yomar, that I can tell them this is Yomar and that, and then don't probably be afraid of that person, what is going to think about me. Um, because for me, my advisor told me, in this process, you need to be Yomar. Like you need to put in a paper all the good stuff you have, but also the negative. And I was afraid and ashamed for some stuff, you know, because you need to be intentional. You need to be real with that person. Otherwise, the wisdom and the help that that person is going to offer you and give you, it won't be enough or good if, if she or he doesn't really know who you are. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was famous test, but I feel, I, I feel that in this journey, the people that is always for you, support you, are the right people the good ones because they want the best for you and mm -hmm. they also guide you to understand like like miss Zimmerman said this is a journey this is not an election and when you find the people that guide you and give you the wisdom and you feel that you're preparing for a journey and not an election you're in the right path mm. such incredible perspective and just seeing it as not like one week of interviews but just the journey that you're on even like no matter what happens um during that week and People want to help you. I know so many candidates feel weird asking for help or feel selfish, and it's not selfish at all. Um, so many people want you to succeed, and so um, just don't be afraid to ask for help. So on to our next one, how do I go about asking people to help me? And so, Ms. Zimmerman, um, you being a mentor to different people, what's some of the best tips that you have for asking someone to be a mentor, or have people? how have people asked you to be a mentor? You know, I'll tell you, just simply by dropping an email or a phone call uh, and just asking, that's the first biggest step. Um, you know, again, I don't think that I've ever said, no, I don't want to help you. Uh, we'll talk about in terms of what ways I could potentially help someone as a mentor. Um, and then if I don't necessarily have that background or the resources, you know, I'm able to maybe make a suggestion of somebody else to contact. Um, but again, I think it's, it's sitting down and realizing who is it that I need to ask and what type of information am I looking for? Um, you know, what type of coaching do I need? Uh, and then just not being afraid to ask. Um, you know, again, uh, you guys, both Tess and Yomar, have indicated how you went about doing this. And, and it's all a very individual thing. Uh, but you really have to do some real self-examining and say, you know, I need somebody to really help me in this area of my life. Or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of weak in understanding agricultural education. So, you know, maybe one of your state staff members that really focuses on working uh, with ag teachers and the ag education part of things. So, um, you know, again, just don't be afraid to ask and then kind of create your plan uh, of, you know, who you want to have in that circle that's there supporting you along the way. That's awesome. So spot on. And knowing that certain mentors may help you with one area, but maybe not with another and then having other people to fill that in. That's great. How do you know, um, how do, 
how does a candidate know if they have enough help or if they have too much help? Um, sometimes I hear a lot of candidates say, oh, I feel like it's information overload or I'm taking too much in. Um, how do you know? How do you know if it's enough or not enough? Um, I will say when you start to hear more opinion than wisdom, you already know that something's happening. Um, for me, I have to learn a lot of agriculture um, stuff in the United States from being from Puerto Rico. So they, I hear all, always the same, yeah, the, the, the soya beans, the corn, but I, I, I need to know what kind of question I want to know, to, to ask. Because if you always make the same questions, you're obviously going to receive the same answers. So you need to realize what kind of questions you want to ask and what area you need to work more than the other ones. And always, again, pay attention if you are receiving a wisdom or something that is going to help you or it's just an opinion. Because a farmer can give you an opinion of how is the industry of corn in the United States. Or you can go to USDA, to the pages, and see their data and know what is actually the facts. So you need to really know what you're asking and what is your answer. If it's an opinion or just some stuff that you can help in the process. I, I think there's so much truth to that, um, Yomar. And I think that what happens is there's so many people that are eager to help us, right? And everyone has an opinion about different assets and components of the process. And so like Yomar said, um, I would just be very intentional because this journey that we have is, is one that you learn a lot about time management and you learn a lot about how to prioritize different assets of it. And so for me, the way that came about um, last October or last fall was to say, this person is the one I'm going to for one-on-ones. This person is the one I'm going to for ag ed information. And then this one for ag. And so I had a whole team and I think that's how we can look at these mentors and supporters. It's a team. Um, and so that doesn't mean that if, our parent wasn't involved in FFA, they can't be part of that team, but they fulfill mm -hmm. a very specific role. And that's being a supporter for us as an individual and an emotional support. And so I think when we're crafting this team, we got to look at it holistically, figure out where everyone fits in. Um, and then I think if we're intentional about saying, hey, Mrs. Zimmerman, I would love to talk to you about ag ed, that's going to help direct that conversation and get us to that goal. So again, begin with the end in mind, know why we're asking them. Um, and that support is going to follow. Mm -hmm. Spot on. I love it. And Tess, uh, you brought up such a good point about time management and this process um, can become a lot and you're juggling going to college or having a job and family and friends and relationships and so many different things. So how, how does a candidate go about making a plan, making a plan to prepare and how do they stick to that plan? I will say that putting order the most important thing for you, know, understand what you know and what you have to learn. Um, I was in college, when I, I was running for national officer, I was in college, I got two jobs. I also have to work in the farm. Um, I was just retired from state president. And then, you know, I was in my finals at that moment in college. Mm -hmm. So I remember my advisor told me and say, she called me and said, hey, Yomar, you need to organize and know what you want and what you have. So in order to, to, you can work good for running for national officer, you got a lot of stuff. So you need to let go. I had two jobs. I really didn't need it at that time. 
I say bye to the two jobs because obviously it was an extra money, but if I don't need it, that's okay. And probably again, it was an extra money, but what I really want, okay, I want to focus in training for natural officer and also having good grades. So like have a balance of the things that you really need and not the things you want. For college, I make uh, my classes, I order a schedule. Okay, today I'm gonna study two hours of chemistry and just 30 minutes of ag education. But tomorrow I'm gonna study two hours of ag communications and then 30 minutes in science. So I need a, I make a balance that every day I work in all the things that I have to, but having the priorities always in front of me. And also for the time, you're gonna have a lot of probably the weekends free and you wanna spend time with your family. But that's the only time free that you have to study for you know national officer. So again, make a balance. You can probably in the morning study for running for national officer and then in the night spend time with your family. It's just a make making a balance. You don't need to spend 24 hours in something. But if you mm-hmm. know what you have and what you need to, it's okay. Mm-hmm. One thing I would suggest too, and, and Yomar, you're spot on, um, share your plan with your mm-hmm. mentors and with others. Uh, because we, um, when, you know, we're working with our national officer candidates, we ask them, please give us your plan. Because the other thing that does is that also creates that accountability, uh, you know, through officer training and everything, we talk about accountability partners. And again, how your mentors can, can help you this way. Um, that way too, somebody else knows that you have this plan and they can check in with you uh, to kind of keep you on task if you have a tendency to, you know, veer off in different directions. And, and again, some way to just, uh, help make you accountable. And then the last thing I would add is um, with being accountable, I know that myself last fall, I am a planned person all the way, but I was asking some past national officers. I'm like, so what was that plan? Like what day of the week did you do this? And what day of the week did you do this? And how many hours and like trying to like game it almost. And they were telling me that like, they didn't really have like a set plan for their state. It was on them as an individual. And so one thing that really helped me, um, if you're watching this and you are just like, I don't even know where to start with this plan. I was a, I thought about where I wanted to be within a certain time frame. And so for me, I said in a month, these are the things that I want to have accomplished whether that was a one-on-one every week, whether that was just practicing five stand and delivers, whether that was whatever, I knew where I wanted to be in that month. And then I backtracked. And so I said, every week, this is what I need to have done at the end of this week to feel like I am successful as a candidate. And so that helps me a lot because um, depending on that state, um, that support is gonna look different and that accountability is going to look different. And for my state, there wasn't someone that um, was going to sit down and make sure I was following through, but knowing where I wanted to be at the end helped me a lot and, and creating my own individual goals. And then talking like Ms. Simmerman said with my mentors and saying, this is my progress on my checklist as I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So incredible. And just all three of you sharing from different perspectives and different tips and different things that help out. And I think that shows that it's so evident that you need to know what works best for you and doing that. Um, and also being super careful not to burn out. That was a piece of advice somebody gave me. Don't burn out before you get there to that interview. Um, know things that, yes, you're going to be doing a lot of work, but also know things that are going to fill your cup back up and just really rejuvenate your soul before you go into the process. And so I all just incredible advice. This next one, um, 
goes a little bit shifting from the prep process and the planning and the beforehand, um, but it does definitely play into it. The importance of knowing the role of being a national FFA officer. And so just knowing that role, knowing what the job entails, knowing um, the influence that an officer gets to have, what's the importance of that for this preparation process? I think from my perspective, I think it's really important, again, as we talk about this being a journey uh, and not just an election, that you make sure that as you're preparing for national office, that you really understand the roles and responsibilities and what this job really entails so that you're preparing yourself mentally uh, to be able to do that that role uh, for the coming year. And then also, you know, going through the resources that National FFA provides so that again, you've read through everything, you understand the expectations of a national officer. And then you also look at the resources that are provided as far as the election process. So again, you know, you can focus on um, the different types of interviews that you're going to go through. Um, and again, this needs to be a journey. You're going to go through these types of interviews some other time in your life. Um, and you just need to have that information and background so that you know how to also prepare yourself for the different types of interviews that you'll be experiencing. But that's by going back and referring to the handbooks and the resources and, and the job descriptions of, of this whole opportunity through national office. Mm -hmm. what? One thing I think is super important that our team's been told a lot is that we're not preparing for the process, we're preparing for the job. And it's really easy as a candidate to just prepare for that process, right? To think mm -hmm. about how am I going to max out my points for each of these rounds. But if you think about national office like a job, and it, it is if you get elected mm -hmm. for a year, you wouldn't apply for a normal job and not worry about anything beyond that interview, right? You would want to bring in components to show that you fully understand what you are applying for so that someone that is hiring you would say, yes, they, they're going to be a good employee. And that's the same way. This is a job interview almost for um, a specific position. And so one way that I made sure I was fully aware of what was happening was utilizing what FFA had available for me from handbooks, but also talking to past national officers too, and having that conversation of, you know, what aspects of the job were super fun and then which ones were challenging and what does it mean that I had to do an expense report, you know, every month and you don't have to understand all the intricacies of it, but the more you understand, um, hopefully you get elected and then you're just better off as an officer because you understand what you got yourself into. Yes. And you all, and I, are, go ahead, Yomar. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say that you got Gracie here, you know, you're in the call and you're in college. Life, ha like, life, life keeps going on after a year of service. Like, yes. don't think that, I, I hope that, you know, the candidate don't take this in a bad way, but don't think being a national officer, it will change, you know, you, after your year, you will be a CEO or you'll be rich or right. famous all over the world. You're taking a year, your year, your one year of your life dedicated for others. Like, you will be a teenager trying to help in other teenagers. So understanding that, like, like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We work for everyone. We always have a smile. You always see a national officer in a photo and a video smiling together. But there's moments that we need to, like, sit down by ourselves and just cry. Or just, like, I need a break. You know, call our advisors or mentors or past national officer. I need some wisdom. I need some help, even in a year of mm -hmm. service. So understanding that, that the wisdom, the help, the advice doesn't end when you get elected. It's always in, in the whole year and after the year, because it's something, again, you're taking your year, one, your year of your life 
for others. And that's the most beautiful thing that someone can do. But understanding that that also has some, not consequence, but you need to overcome some challenge in that year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Yomar, I think you hit that spot on and being on the other side of national office, um, so many incredible things taken away from it, but there's also some hard things. And I think that's where in this prep process, um, you don't want to just prepare for the interviews. You want to prepare to be that officer, but then also just knowing who you are at your core, knowing what matters to you. So then when you're finished with that officer year and you take the jacket off, you still know who you are and why you do what you do. And so if you do that hard work right now, lay that foundation, you're going to be so much better off as you continue to move forward and you all already started hitting on this. So just thinking about resources and materials um, that help in this prep process, a lot of times um, it can just feel overwhelming knowing that you're going to have to know facts and information about FFA, agriculture, education, the ag industry and beyond. So what, um, what tips, what tricks, what resources, um, all three of you do you use to stay up to date? Did you use to study? Um, how do you stay up to date on current events and know what's going on? Well, I think, you know, when we first talk about just understanding, again, the basics of your organization, obviously, um, you know, you want to know the organization inside and out. You want to know about the history and the people that you would be working with and, and the programs and activities that members can, can get involved in. And again, you know, as, as a candidate, I'm sure that, you know, you're already very involved in the organization, but there might be some areas that you didn't get involved in. You know, maybe the agri-science fair wasn't something you got involved in, but maybe that's an area then you need to research. So again, it kind of goes back to looking at your personal experiences that you've had and say, you know okay here's where I need some more information and you know places like going on the website I mean lots of information there but again it's kind of when we talked about mentors don't be afraid to pick up the phone um, and call a national staff member and have a conversation mm -hmm. with them um, just to find out a little bit more about questions you might have that that you weren't aware of um, so so again and, and even a national board member uh, you know contact us drop us an email give us a call you know we kind we can help you out or pass national office Officers. Um, just again, there's just a lot of resources out there to help you uh, enhance your FFA knowledge. Yeah, I would say uh, the FFA website was my best friend <laughs> applying <laughs> for um, national office. I feel like I visited every single page of that dang website like multiple times a lot. Um, but, you know, beyond this, I think there's some really good resources out there for ag specifically. I utilized American Farm Bureau and my state Farm Bureau Association um, and some individuals there that I had conversations with. And I think that what helped me the most was reading information on a website, but then talking about it with others. And so what that looked like for me is I would subscribe to ag updates from Farm Bureau but then I had someone that I could talk to about that and have a conversation about what does it mean that this trade deal is transpiring and what does it mean that these conversations are happening? Because I think that, you know, it's great to read about something. It's great to memorize facts, but it's that application that shows us that we actually understand everything that we're learning. Um, and so that was ag and then ag ed. Um, my dad was an ag teacher, so he was my coach. Um, as funny as that was. But, you know, you're, every one of us has an advisor, right? And so don't think that just because your advisor wasn't a national officer, you shouldn't utilize them. Absolutely not. They are the expert in ag ed for your school. Um, so utilize all those people in your life that you've come in contact with up to this point. And I think that, you know, more than that, it's a really cool experience when you go to 
you know, run for national office in that week to think about all those people that have gotten you to where you are and no one gets here by themselves at all. Um, and so it's so important that we utilize these mentors. And even if that's our high school ag teacher, um, so helpful and so much knowledge, even if they weren't a national officer. And Tess, I'd like to add too, when you're talking about like agricultural uh, facts and, and issues, make sure you look at it as a, a national perspective. Yes. I mean, sometimes we get so uh, tied into obviously what's going on within our own state and what our state produces and all of those things. But now as a national officer, you know, you're looking at agriculture across you know, the whole gamut of, of agriculture. So make sure to stretch yourself and find out. I think, Yomar, you mentioned that earlier in some comments that you made about what you needed to do to really expand your knowledge um, of agriculture outside of where you live. Um, so just make sure to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's awesome. And I think um, stretching yourself, this whole process, we've talked about a journey, it's going to be a lot of stretching and um, that stretching leads to so much amazing growth and just a really cool, um, just product and relationship and everything along the way and which is amazing. So wrapping us up here at the end, what type of support um, will a candidate need during the week of interviews? So interviews are definitely going to look a little bit different this year. Um, and happening through Zoom and so, or through like virtual, not through Zoom, but um, what is that support that a candidate may need during their week of interviews? I think that, you know, you know yourself best as a candidate. Um, and so, you know, the kind of, even though you've never been through this process, maybe, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, um, you know yourself enough to know that when you have a challenging experience, who do you go to? When you are on a high, who do you go to? And so think about those basic emotions and you've had people you've already utilized for all of that. Um, for me that week, that person was my mom and my mom was there. My mom was not in FFA. Um, she supported me along the way, but I utilized her. Like I said, when we think about this team, my mom was my emotional support. I could go to my mom and say, I feel good about this round or I don't. And she didn't really understand like what that meant from a national officer standpoint but that was what I needed. So know yourself, think through that ahead of time. Cause I tell you like that week, it's going to save you a lot of time to know who are those people I go to at a high and a low and, um, and think about that team as a whole that you've had. Mm -hmm. And also take your time. You finish the interview. Don't think you need to study the same thing you already did. Like if you have an interview about ad communication it's done. Don't go back and take time to studying ad communication after the, the meeting. Like, okay, it's done. Pass the page. Um, take a break. Go eat. If you need to walk, if you need to call your friends, if you need to play with your pigs or dog, your cows, whatever. But like, once you start the interviews, what is, it was very good and helpful for me. I didn't study anything that week. Because there's a thing in Puerto Rico, only, you, only uh, one drop is enough to make the bottle go out, to drop all the water inside. So you, you know that you work hard, you study, you have your mentors, you're ready. If you get to that point, to the interviews for national officer, it means you're prepared, you have what it takes. So that's okay, understand that. And you're a human, you're a teenager. Let your emotions go out. If you need to cry, even if you feel like you did a good job in the interviews and so you wanna cry, or I don't know, as a we always gonna say, oh, I didn't do good. Even if we did a real a good job, we say, no, nah, it could be better. It's okay, you did it. Again, 
sit down, like put your mind to something else that is not FFA. Because again, happen what it happens, FFA is not the only thing in your life. You can not only be a national candidate or a national officer, you're a brother, you're a sister, you're a grandson, you're a, a, a friend, okay? So things all the, you, things of all the things you can do besides being a national officer candidate in those dates and have fun. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been so great. Oh, go ahead, Ms. Zimmerman. I was just gonna say, and you know, know that your state staff is there for you too. Um, you know, it's going to be different for us this year, too, because we're not all going to be there in person and and uh, and just know that that we're here again for that phone call or, you know, you just want to chat and and uh, it's just going to be a little bit different. But again, remember who that team of people that you have um, as your mentor and your support and just have their contact information ready. And when you're ready to, to contact them or you just need to chat or or whatever it might be that uh, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you all so much. And thank you so much for sharing your perspective and your insight and your experiences. I hope for all of our candidates, you know that so many people are rooting you on. There's so many people on your team and there's so many resources out there. And um, you just have to go about this journey the way that works best for you. So thanks for joining in with us. And um, we hope you tune in to the episodes to come.